Thank you, Buncles. Y'all sounded great. Thank y'all. Husband and wife team here. I did a great job. Thank y'all. It's awesome. Well, we welcome you today. This is a very special day. As we said earlier, it's Mother's Day. They're setting up the stage here for uh, something special we want to do. We asked some ladies to help me with my sermon today. So we got six testimonies of mothers that Ashley and I have the privilege of interviewing and talking with them about the various stages of, of motherhood. Here's a mama right here. Here's a hot mama right here. Amen. Love this mama. Love this wife of mine and grandmother of two. Why, why is a special day for you, dear? Why is that? You know what? I, one thing, just it is an honor, and I'm very thankful to be to be a mother. I'm thankful for my own mother. I'm yeah. thankful when we were praying this morning. I'm thankful for, for um, mm -hmm. I'll start crying, Danny's mom. She's no longer with us. Yeah. But just, you know, who she influenced Danny to be, and that she loved Jesus, and so she passed that on. Yeah. And I guess that's part of, you know, in being a mom is if we can pass that on. Most importantly, it's Jesus, and he is yeah. just... He's perfect. We're not. We'll never be perfect, but we can trust in him. And I love being a mom, and I love being a grandmother. And yeah. so I'm just very, very thankful. Yeah. Thankful for you, too. Thank you, dear. I love you. <laughs> Appreciate you so much. Coming up on 35 years. Yeah. Wow. Here in August, uh, we've been married. So what we have a amen. Somebody's clapping. <laughs> amen. Thank you. So we, um, what we're going to do is uh, the title of my sermon in a few minutes is called She Speaks. And the text is John chapter 4. And before I share a brief message, um, you know, oftentimes we just refer to her as, oh, yeah, she's the woman at the well. I would love to change that. I'd love for her to be known as, that's the woman that told the whole city about Jesus. And so it just shows you what God can do with our past. He can take it. He can forgive it. He can take our, our past mistakes and difficulties and use those to transform us and give us, you may have heard this little saying, he can take our test and make it a part of our testimony. He can, make, he can take our mess <laughs> and create a wonderful message out of it. And that's what God did in John chapter 4. So we're going to go up here. We're going to have a seat. And so the first group of ladies, if y'all would join me up here on the stage, this is awesome. And we'll hear your, your story today. Not very often get to sit down, Ashley, when I share. Right, so we have Eden Cotton and Ileana Ramos and Monica Silva, and um, appreciate these ladies. We have three other ladies going to be coming up here in just a moment, and not all the ladies that I invited were able to uh, speak. Some it was just too hard. They said uh, I was asking some folks who could not be moms and would wanted to hear their story, but they said, "Thank you, Pastor. We love you, but no, thank you." And I and I respect that. And Jeff, thank you. That was a good word, Jeff. You spoke a good word over so many. Uh, we have some wonderful single moms, and again, was was unable to uh, to speak. But these ladies, uh, I feel like they are just a wonderful representation of Great Hills Baptist Church. We're a very diverse church in age and ethnicities and backgrounds, and we've got moms, all kinds of mamas coming up on the stage here from preschoolers all the way to grandmothers. Eden Cotton, God bless you and Ken. What a wonderful family y'all are. They've got five kids. I think almost everybody knows about the Cotton clan. And so, um, you know, Eden, you have four kids and one is a preschooler, right? So, uh, yeah, five kids, one's a preschooler. So talk to us about how do you survive raising preschoolers, all right? Take it away. So we're on our, I guess, third set of preschoolers in some ways. Um, and I'm still learning what that looks like to survive. I think I'm a little bit nicer with the fifth than I was with the first. Um, we would all kind of admit that. 
Um, so I have three things that I thought of for advice. And the first would be to not compare yourself and your children to other people. There's a, a, a saying that I've heard that is more from an educational standpoint, but it really hit me when I heard it the first time. It's that children are souls to be nurtured, not products to be measured, whether that's on a test at school yeah. or that's on cleaning up their room, that really trying to think through what can I do to help them to want to do the right things because um, we're all sinners. We don't want to do the right things all the time. And the second thing that I thought of was um, that there's no such thing as perfect. Um, mm. We can think that if we just arrange things right, that it's going to be the perfect day. I've heard that um, there's no one more optimistic than a mom with a new chore chart. And I think that's true. It always lasts for a little while, but then it kind of dies. Um, and there's a time for a new chore chart because um, that one didn't work. Um, but there's a C.S. Lewis quote where he says that we need to view our interruptions of our day. And a lot of times children, particularly preschoolers, have a lot of interruptions in our day. But we need to, to view that as what our real life is, that it is those interruptions and how do we interact in those moments and those times of frustration. I think I say a lot of times, Lord, have mercy. And it really is the prayer of my heart because I need some mercy to be able to make it through yeah. whatever situation is, whether it's the spilled milk or bigger things than that. Um, and the other thing that I thought of is that we need to arm our children with stories. Mm. First of all, with Bible stories. Um, Jesus teaches in parables. Um, you can see lots of examples. David is confronted by Nathan with a story too. And so those things are very important to us as human beings. We, we understand those things well. Um, the Israelites forgot. And so we need our children to be able to remember yeah. um, God's faithfulness to us in history, to us personally. Um, and the other thing, thinking of that too, is especially because preschoolers are only with us in our homes typically mm -hmm. for a little while and then they go off to school or even if you have them at home, there's still, there's a different focus when you're homeschooling kiddos. Mm -hmm. um, so it has a, a different, it's not just fun anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that on. So the other thing that I would say is to arm them with stories, good stories, where good triumphs over evil. There's another C.S. Lewis quote where he says that um, children will experience cruel enemies. And because of that, they need to know that there are heroic nights, that things can be overcome. Okay. Read good stories. Oh, good. <clears throat> Thank you, Eden. God bless you. It's awesome. Miss Eliana? Ashley's going to ask you a question. All right. All right. This is Ileana uh, Ramos, and she's a mother of two children. And so what are the greatest challenges and joys of being a mom, and how important is it to have Christ in your heart and home? Well, I think uh, for me, being a mom is, has been the most challenging calling that I've ever had. Mm. I have two little active and beautiful boys. And... I think of the challenges, uh, personally, uh, raising them away from family. Yeah. So it's been yeah. very hard, uh, especially in the younger years where you're just focused on uh, feeding them, changing diapers. Or mm -hmm. You can uh, easily get burned out or 
or it can uh, bring problems into the marriage also. Uh, so uh, I have found our church family to be a great blessing for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially uh, just to, to keep us uh, going strong and walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And also I think of all the single mothers and all the working mothers that they have to do uh, both things, work and also raise their children and trying to get, uh, to make the best of the limited time they have with their kids. It's very hard. And also raising their children just to love the Lord and follow his ways in a culture or in a worldview culture that is against all this. It's, uh, yeah. It could be very hard or difficult. And my hope is that as the way that I need Jesus, because I, I know that I, I won't be enough, that I'm not enough for my children, uh, but God is. So I may fail, I may forget things, I may <laughs> lose my patience, but I always point to, point to God, uh, to them. So I, I tell them, you know, God is faithful. He's always gonna be with you. He will never forsake you, he will never leave you. You can trust in him. So that's what gives me peace, just uh, knowing that I can rest in God and in the work the Holy Spirit is, is doing in, in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's a great joy to do this. Uh, the children are a blessing from the Lord. And it's a great joy to watch them grow in stature and also in the knowledge of Him. Yes, mm-hmm. amen. Thank you. So it's good. Good job. So you know, listening to Ileana's testimony and she loses her patience. I was, I was encouraged by that because I thought if somebody like her can <laughs> lose her patience and there's hope for the rest of us. And, and you also mentioned uh, single moms. Yeah, I, I think single moms are superheroes. I, I really do. I was talking to somebody the other day about how they, they do it all. They, they work, they clean the house, they take care of the kids, pay the bills, they do it all. And so single moms, y'all are, y'all are amazing. So Monica Silva, God bless you, appreciate you. And she is a mother of two. And so our question to, to Monica is a particular Bible verse that has meant a lot to her as a mom. And also, um, how has your, your knowledge of, the, of, of uh, God grown from being a mom? I know me as a parent, as a dad, I've appreciated God so much more once I began to have kids. And so if you tell us a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah. So that's a big question, right? There's so many verses throughout the Bible that God uses on a daily basis to sustain us. And, um, you know, definitely I picked Romans 8:28 for yeah. all things work together. For, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And that just means a lot to me that God wants us good. Like we want good for our children. God wants us good. Mm. He's not out there trying to keep us down. If God's withholding something from you, that's because he has something better for you. Oh, good. Good work. And, you know, he's causing us good and working in our lives. And I don't need to worry about what's going to happen because even the bad, he'll make for good in our lives. Mm. He'll change it. We see that story so much in the Bible with the life of Joseph, the life of Moses. And I've seen it in my life too. God is faithful to me. Mm. Um, and so I guess I'm an anxious by person by nature. If y'all can't tell, I'm up here shaking. <laughs> but, you know, just having this verse in my life has been such a blessing and brought me so much peace because when those trials come and they will come, I don't need to worry about them. I don't need to 
I just give them up to him because the almighty ruler of the universe is working on my behalf. Yeah. So, you know, I, why wouldn't you trust him? Why wouldn't you give it up to him? Mm. And uh, it's brought me peace and I'm so thankful mm. for him in my life. Amen. Thank you, Monica. Good job. Thank you all ladies. Good job. All right. Good job. All right. So, so powerful. And uh, I wish we had like... 10 hours, we could get all the moms up here because I know so many of you and have some incredible stories. All right, next, uh, I've got Mary Conathan. She's going to be coming and joining us, as well as uh, Denise Gonzalez and Lisa Hall. So you ladies can, can make your way up here. It's awesome. All right, so Miss Mary, uh, appreciate you and your sweet family. Uh, you're the mother of two. I think both of your kids are here uh, today. Sanitha is a medical student at uh, A&M, and there's Daniel. He's 18, is that right? Is Daniel 18? Oh, my goodness. So our question for you is, look, she lived through the teenage years. That's a miracle, right? She didn't kill them. They're alive. They're over there. And uh, so sometimes raising teenagers, we just want to pull our hair out. But I tell you, Mary and Suresh are a godly, godly family. Love this family. Y'all been at Great Hills since 2004? 2004. And so we... Uh, Okay, talk to us about raising teenagers. Okay. Um, thank you, Pastor. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying my journey as a mother, but, uh, you know, that's all because of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, I personally am weak, incapable, but my strength comes from Jesus. Amen. So his uh, grace is sufficient for me. So I would say the first thing, that helped me is my personal relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. I also want to mention that um, we, as a family, have a consistent uh, uh, nightly uh, devotion time. Good. So that helped our family to grow together uh, and also in scripture. So when the kids uh, grew up, we all learned from each other because they are also very well versed with uh, uh, the scripture. And that time gave us, um, uh, that, that gave us time to talk about what we believe mm -hmm. and our family values, our expectations. So that family time, uh, I would say, is very special and uh, very needed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, church family. Uh, church is an integral part uh, mm -hmm. in raising teenage, uh, teenagers, definitely. Because the um, church gave an opportunity um, for my children and many teenagers here to work for the Lord. They have place here. So I'm very appreciative of that. And uh, my children made a personal choice to follow Jesus and they were baptized right here. Yeah. And uh, currently my son is being uh, mentored by his uh, student pastor, Jeffrey, and we are very thankful. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful to see him grow in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Not to say that we don't have any challenges. We do go through challenges and I personally feel like I mess up as mother, but we turned out okay. It's all because, <laughs> it's all because of uh, God and his uh, abundant grace in our lives. So one of the scriptures that um, helped me um, is uh, Isaiah 54:13, which says, all your children will be taught by the Lord, yeah. and great will be their peace. 
So I have a teenager and a 21-year-old. They're going into the world, so that verse really gave me uh, assurance that they will be taught by the Lord. Yeah. What else do I need? So uh, giving a right foundation when they are at home is uh, very essential. And then we can be uh, rest assured that God will take care of them. So I just um, want to take this opportunity to thank my husband also for uh, his great support and um, my mother for being a great role model in my life. Mm. And thank you for Wonderful. this opportunity. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Denise. She's a grandmom too. All right. Um, next, Denise Gonzalez, and a mother to four, and a, and a grandmother to two. Yeah. Yay. We love being grandmothers. How do you balance the role of being a mom and a wife and a grandmother? <laughs> when Danny asked me that question, I went, epic fail. Can you give me another question? <laughs> so, until I'm, um, and my husband said, well, the kids are still alive, and, uh, and we're still married, so you had to have done something right. So, um, but I was sharing earlier, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't really have that modeled to me. And um, I had four kids under the age of six when my mom died. She died 10, 10 days after my youngest was born, and it threw me into a tailspin. So I just immediately went into react mode. I could not function for several years. And it took me a long time to get to the place where I, I feel like I was in a proactive mode. But um, in those times, I found myself becoming somebody I didn't, I didn't like, and I didn't want to model for my kids. They did not see Christ in me at all. I'll just be honest about that. Mm. We, <laughs> we homeschooled together, and, I, and we were in the same co-op, and I got to the point where the Lord just brought Third John four to me and said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. Mm. The academics didn't matter. The sports didn't matter. The piano lessons didn't matter. What mattered is that my kids were walking in the Lord. Yeah. All those things are good, but I had to figure out what was the great and say no to the good and focus on the great. And the great was knowing that my children were walking in the Lord. So I pulled them out of school. We homeschooled at home. We didn't go through this co-op. I was doing exactly what Eden said we shouldn't do. I was comparing myself to the other homeschool moms. I was comparing my children to the other kids. We pulled out of it all. My kids have graduated college, all four of them. They all are, are employed. I have two of them that are married and have given me two beautiful granddaughters. God redeemed the years of locusts not only in my own childhood where I didn't have a model, but he also gave me an incredible mother-in-law to help model that for me through, awesome. through my raise, mm. the time that I raised my kids. So I thank you, too, to my husband for keeping the balance and picking up the vacuum cleaner when, <laughs> when I didn't. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, Denise. Wow. So good. Thank you. Thank you, Denise, for just, just being vulnerable and just... Tell them that, you know, like as, as you feel. And I see some people out there wiping tears as I am too. And because uh, life, life's hard, especially you don't have that foundation as a child, like what you were talking about. But I praise the Lord for you and Ralph. Y'all are great people. We appreciate y'all. Speaking of great people, love Lisa Hall, Mark and Lisa. Um, and Lisa, I didn't say this earlier, but I, I just appreciate you and Mark so much. They, um, they have three children, three boys. 
uh, one with special needs, one is overseas uh, serving the Lord as a missionary, and he's the one that has the grandbaby. And so Lisa and Mark, they are just fantastic people. Oh, sorry, let me ask you a question. I did the bragging on y'all, forgot to ask you a question. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your, how you came to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and just some of the, just some of the joys and challenges uh, of being a mom. Well, I um, feel very fortunate that I was raised in a Christian home, and so I accepted Jesus as my uh, Savior at eight years old. And I'm so grateful um, for that because um, that uh, protected me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And also because of that, I knew I wanted to marry a godly husband, so shout out to my <laughs> husband over there. Uh, because I didn't think that I could do it by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be... Uh, the mom taking the kids to the church by herself and, and you know because you, you see that a lot and so I'm really grateful for um, that because it certainly impacted uh, me as a mother to to have Jesus to uh, to be my role model not my earthly father was not yeah. you know uh, he was not perfect and none of us are and so uh, to have Jesus as the true father image to me uh, really helped uh, me parent my kids so I guess I was thinking about the challenges. There's so many challenges, and it's all based on stage of life, right? The early um, years, you're just exhausted and just crawling to bed and mm. hope there's enough food for the next day, right? And so, um, and then as they get older and they're teenagers and you're letting go of control, and then it's more of an emotional um, exhaustion with everything that they're going through and trying to navigate. And for me, um, we had read this book I was so grateful for early on when our kids were, uh, we were raising them uh, by uh, Ted Tripp called Shepherding Your Child's Heart. And that really, really helped me because I had been raised more in a home where, um, you know, obedience was the main thing. You just wanted to be obedient, right? But it didn't matter if we were obedient inside, you know, that little joke about I'm standing uh, I'm standing up on the inside, but I'm sitting down on the outside, right? And so that was really important to me that I didn't lose sight of my children's uh, heart. And my, uh, I'm a big picture person, so for me, um, I, I mean, Denise had the same verse of John, uh, 3 John 1, 4, where it said, I have no greater joy than, my, than to hear that my children walk in the Lord. And we had that framed above our boy's bed. And so that was my one goal, right, that my children would know the Lord. And then the second goal was that I would have a relationship with my children. Because yeah. so many parents, we struggle with that uh, as our children have left home. And so that, for me, was a, a goal also. So I tried to keep those two things in mind. Um, and also, I guess, thirdly, you know, I also wanted my relationship with my children to be, uh, to be pure and that my motivation and how parenting them was not about me uh, and what I thought they should do, but what about what did God want them to do? So I think when we keep those things in focus, it helps us to parent on a daily basis. If we don't worry about some of the things that happen, uh, when you look back, when your kids are gone, you realize, oh man, I really did get stressed out about some really small things, you know? Yeah. And so I just want to encourage all the moms that it's okay, you're going you're gonna to fail and that's why, that's what forgiveness is about. That's what that's grace right. is about. And we were very honest with our kids when we made mistakes. And we used to joke that uh, we'd pay for counseling later. Because if we screwed up on the first one, we weren't going to repeat that mistake to be fair, right? And, uh, but it was true. We, you know, we wanted to learn as a parent and grow, which means we would make different decisions. Because we're so hard on those firstborns. Yeah. 
and we, by the time the, the youngest one rolls around, we're really pretty, you know, very different parents. Um, so anyway, that was the last story. Thank you, Lisa. Youngest Brian? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love Brian. I'm sorry. We're just having a conversation between friends up here. He mentioned your. I'm not sure if this is still. He mentioned uh, your first one and your second child, but he didn't mention your third child. So that's why I wanted to make sure you got mentioned. Oh yes, yes, uh, yes. And I have a fabulous third son uh, who will say he we stopped at perfection, but we might say something differently because of the difficulty as he was as a child, as a baby. But uh, yes, and uh, I I was going to laugh. The reason she says that is our friend. He was a very good friend with uh, yes. with uh, Bryant and Layton, and we had so much joy watching those guys play basketball. Yeah, we, we did. So. We did. If y'all ever had your uh, wife ask you a question, you just clueless. Guys, y'all with me? That just happened. So, amen. Ladies, thank y'all. God bless y'all. Appreciate it. All right, dear. We did great. You take that with you. Take your stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Wow, that's so fun. Ladies did a great, great job. Appreciate it so very, very much. So John chapter 4, I want to share a brief message with you. I know we're time, push for time today, but uh, John chapter 4, I alluded to the, the woman at the well. I'd love for her to be known as the woman with the great testimony who changed the city, the city of Samaria, uh, by what Christ had done in her life. So I'm going to read verses 39 through 41. The title, as I mentioned earlier, for the ladies here is She Speaks, and I'm going to let this lady here speak in John chapter 4. And the title of the message, I actually borrowed it from a good friend of mine. Her name is Susan. Susan Harvey was our children's minister at uh, Liberty Baptist Church when I served there uh, years ago uh, in Hampton, Virginia. Her and Ed uh, were not able to have children. They adopted two children from Ethiopia. And I've watched her uh, and Ed through the years raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, Susan is one of the most vivacious, spunky uh, happy ladies you'll ever meet. And she started a podcast ministry uh, not long ago, and I was honored to be a guest. A couple, well, I think it just came out last week. And the title of the whole podcast ministry, and you may want to check it out, ladies especially. She does have guys on there like me every now and then, but it's called She Speaks. And that's the name of uh, her podcast. And I thought that might be an appropriate title for this lady and for these six ladies uh, who spoke a good word and Ashley spoke a good word to us today about uh, being a godly mom and really the difference and all these ladies had the same common denominator and it's the difference that Christ makes in a heart, in parenting, in a home, in the marital relationship. And I love the fact how they brought in the, the body of Christ and how we as a church family, we love the family. It's God's big idea, y'all. The first thing God created was not a business, a sports team. It wasn't even a church. It was the homogeneous, nuclear, basic bedrock of society. And that's the family, the family unit that we cherish and that we love here uh, at Great Hills. So here's this woman. I want to talk to you just briefly about her past, her story, okay, and a little bit about just how she meets Christ and how Christ changes uh, her life. So I'll, I'll begin with the end in mind. I'll read verses 39 through uh, 41. And many of the Samaritans of that city, uh, they believed in him. Now, the him there refers to Jesus. They believed in Jesus because of, isn't this cool? Because of the word of the woman who testified, 
He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to Jesus, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there uh, for two uh, full days. And verse 41 says, And many more believed in Christ or believed him uh, because of uh, his own word. Most of us are familiar with the Samaritan woman, the woman at the, at the well. Uh, she was a lady who was uh, going to the, the local well. That's what they did. The ladies during the, the daytime, they would bear the, the burden, a lot of the, the work. And so she went, she had her pots, and she was filling them up with water. And Jesus stops and talks with her. Now, we just read that today. It's like, well, yeah, Jesus, he loves everybody. He's going to talk to everybody. And that's true. However, he's talking to someone of a different gender, which was very taboo, just men who and women just don't talk to each other in public without being married. So he crossed that barrier. Number two, he talked to a, a person of a different religion, right? She's a Samaritan of a different uh, ethnicity, again, a Samaritan. So Jesus is crossing all of these boundaries and, and all these parameters because Luke 19.10 says, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save the lost, whoever they are, be it a rich young ruler, be it a rich tax collector, Matthew, be it a rich uh, uh, a wee little man, Zacchaeus, up in the tree, or be this woman here at the well. You remember the, the dialogue, and it was a dialogue, and Jesus is engaging her, and he asked her questions, and she began to figure out there's something different about him, and so she says, would you give me this water? Would you give me this water that I can drink that will slate my spiritual thirst so that I will, so that I will thirst no more? And, and Jesus goes on and says, well, go and call your husband and come talk to me. What an ingenious move because, well, those of you that know the Bible story, it goes something like this. She says, well, uh, I, I don't, um, I, I, that's kind of impossible. And Jesus says, yeah, you're right because you've had five husbands and the guy you're living with today is not uh, your husband. And so you, look, you see <clears throat> a little bit about her story, right, her past. She's had multiple relationships, multiple failed relationships, multiple marriages and remarriages and divorces and heartache and heartbreak. And now she's cohabitating. And, and man, is that popular today, right? I mean, that's just like the thing you do in the 21st century is you just cohabitate. You live together to see if it's going to work out. And Jesus called that out in her and said, you're right. None of these guys are your husband. In fact, the guy you're living with right now. And so at that point, she says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, dude. You're, you're just not some Jew coming through talking. You, you, there's something special about you. You must be a prophet. And then she goes into a dialogue, really a debate with Jesus about Jews, where they worship and, and Samaritans and so forth. But I just want to briefly just paint her story for you. And that may be your story. You may have a, a familiar story as the woman at the well. Uh, maybe there's some, maybe there's some marriages and some breakups and some divorces, some abortions. Maybe there's just a lot of brokenheartedness and shattered dreams. I think this lady had all of that. And I just love the way Jesus just pulls back all the facade and, and, and all the pleasantries, and he just goes right to the heart of the matter, and that is this person's soul. So verse 26, it says this, and I love this. Well, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, ma'am, I who am speaking to you, I am he. I am that very person. And so I believe it's in this moment 
that Jesus Christ becomes more than just a nice gentleman who's having a conversation, more than just a traveling rabbi, a traveling Jew going around preaching the good news. No, this Jesus becomes her personal Savior and Lord right there. The woman at the well is changed by the power of God. Aren't y'all glad today to know that Jesus is not intimidated by our past? He's not worried about our past. He already knows our past. And what God does is he goes, past, I know that. I was there. I saw it. And here's the thing. I forgive you. It's, it's over. It's done. My blood cleanses you from all of your sins, past, present, future. I throw them in the depths of the sea, cast them as far as the east is from the west, and I remember them no more. And I think in that moment, that Samaritan woman experienced the living water. She experienced the, the flow of God's grace and peace and power over her life, so much so, here's what she does. She is changed. She goes from isolation intimidation. Did y'all catch? She's a woman at the well by herself. I think she's got a shady reputation. I think the women in the community are like, when she walks by, you know, like, there she, there she goes. There she, that's her, you know. She's the guy, she's the lady has been married to, to Bob and Jim and, you know, and, and all the other guys and the guy she's living with. And, and, and I think she's at the well because she's just lonely and she's telling you, when we're at our bottom and when we're hurting the most, it seems like that's when Jesus is the most precious to us. And he comes to us in those dark nights of the soul. Well, the third thing is, um, is her story or her testimony. And I, I got to read just a couple of scriptures in closing here, 28 through 30. The woman left her water pot, which is pretty interesting, right? That's why she'd gone to the well to get water. She'd forgotten about that because she's found something else, living water. The woman left her water pot. She went on her way into the city and she said to the men, come on now. She probably didn't talk to guys a whole lot. She's probably embarrassed, but she's not embarrassed anymore. Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? And then verse 30, then they went out of the city and they came to Jesus. And verse 39 says, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in Jesus because of the word of the woman who testified. Did you catch that? The word of the woman who gave testimony that she had met Christ, he had known her past, forgiven her of her past, given her living water, given her a new lease on life, said, look, I accept you and I, I love you. I have the power. I, look, look, lady, the, the, the prophet the Messiah, the King that you're looking for, it is me. And I have the power. God, the Father's given me the power. I can unleash this power on you to cleanse you, to forgive you, to give you a new life. She receives it. And the first thing she does is run and tell other people about it. That's a pretty remarkable lady. So maybe I've studied her life. I've preached sermons. I've been written a whole chapter in a book I wrote about this woman at the well, but now I'm just going to call her the woman with a great story, a great testimony. And ladies, everything in the story, preserved, reserved, cherished, is for you. And it's for me. That the same God who created us and loves us enormously is the same God that can take our, our hurt, our past, our disappointments, our failures, our inabilities to measure up. And, and right, we, we all are there. 
The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God demonstrates his love toward us. Aren't you glad that while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us? And so my appeal to you today is this, is receive the Lord. Give him your past. Give him your present. Give him your, your future that you may think, oh my word, I have, I have no idea what the future holds and I'm, I'm a little afraid of it, intimidated by it. Look, when Christ is your king and he's your savior and your Lord, Telling you, he, thank you, Monica, for saying it. God makes everything work for the good to those who love him. You know, many of you ladies are watching online. I've already heard from some of you online watching us, listening to this Mother's Day service. We've sung about the grace of God. We've heard great testimonies from women of God. Not perfect women, nobody's perfect, but saved women, changed women who love Jesus, love their families. And now I'm appealing to you. I'm giving you this opportunity today to receive the living water. You say, well, what do I got to do to receive that? That's what I want. Especially about that part, Pastor, you were talking about God can forgive me of my sins, of all of my sins, the deeds that I have done, uh, the words that I've spoken, the, the things that I have said. Yes, yes. That's why they call it grace. It is God's eternal redemption at Christ's expense. And so we, we offer it to you freely. And all you have to do is say, I receive it, Lord. I receive Christ as my Savior and my King, and I ask for His cleansing, and I ask for uh, His forgiveness. Let me let you do that right now. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? And we want to we have a time of invitation. want to give us an opportunity as believers to thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for the redemption, for the salvation, for the living water that slated our thirst, and we we stand forgiven today, and we rejoice in that, don't we? But others of you today, I just feel really in my spirit compelled that there is a lady, maybe many ladies, women, the very first time you would experience the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. And you may think, well, that's just too amazing to be true, but it is true. And all you can bring is, well, you just bring your honesty, your brokenness, your sin, and you confess that to the Lord. And I would invite you, ladies, I would invite you to pray with me. Pray a prayer that goes something like this. Just say, you can pray it in your heart, and I'll just pray it out loud. And by the way, if, if any men are here and you pray this prayer and get saved, that is perfectly all right by God. I promise you, it, God would be absolutely pleased if you would pray this prayer as well. You can just pray it in your heart. Say, dear God, I know that you love me. I know that you care for me. And dear God, you know that I am a sinner, that I've broken your laws, your commandments, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I, I, I can't change myself. I don't have the power to bring about a new life. My, my soul is dead and I... I need forgiveness. And so Jesus, today on Mother's Day, May the 9th, 2021 at noon, I'm giving my life to you. I'm just going to say, Jesus, come into my life. Ladies, would you pray that with me? Jesus, just come into my life. Take my past. And Lord, it is sorted. It is tainted. There's a lot of things, God, I'm not very proud of, but Lord, would you take it? And with the blood of Jesus at Calvary's cross, would you cleanse me? 
Cleanse me from the inside out. And so, Lord, by faith, I trust in you to be my Savior. And with your heads bowed, with your eyes closed, ladies, God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. You may be a child today, a teenager, an adolescent. You may be a single mom here today. You may be a married mom, maybe a senior saint, a senior adult, whoever you are. I really believe God put this brief message on my heart. And I think it was of God to, to invite these women to speak, to share their testimonies. Why? So that you, maybe it's just you, would receive the Lord as your Savior today. With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, ladies, that's what I'm asking you to do. Ladies online and you precious ladies that are in this sanctuary today, here's, I want to ask you to do something. This is really, really important. I want you to speak. <laughs> I want you to speak. We're going to have an invitation in a moment. We'll have men and women at the altar. And I would invite um, you ladies that were up here, um, and I'm sorry I didn't give you all a warning about this, but you ladies that gave a testimony, if you're still in the sanctuary, would y'all come to the altar and just be available if some of the ladies here would like to pray with you? Would y'all do that, Lisa, Denise, ladies, would y'all do that, Ashley? I would ask you ladies that have received Christ to speak, speak to one of these women or... Some of you are looking at me online and going, well, that's kind of hard, Brother Danny. I'm, I'm in Alabama, or I'm in Florida, or I'm in Indiana, I'm in Virginia. And by the way, all these places are where people are right now watching us. If you're one of those, then I would invite you right now, just go on to that Facebook chat and just say, I gave my life to the Lord, and I'm speaking. Not ashamed of it, not embarrassed of it. I'm just praising God today that I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor Danny, and I gave my life to Christ and I just want to speak about it. So we'll reach out to you. We're going to encourage you. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for our time together. Lord, what a sweet day, dedicating babies. Woohoo! Hearing from our own kids on a video, hearing these precious women of God speak truth, very vulnerable and with transparency and with great passion and eloquence. God, thank you for them. And now thank you that, Jesus, you've spoken to us through your word that you love us, God. You love us right where we are. And you bring us into your kingdom and you start to change us from the inside out. So Lord, I'm just praying for the women that prayed to receive you this morning all over this country and especially all over this building. That God, you'd give them the strength now to speak. And ladies, I'm gonna ask you to stand in a moment. I'm gonna ask all of us to stand and maybe just come, come to the front. Come to the altar, and you women of God that I was asking earlier, would y'all go ahead and make your way here and stand at the front? And we're going to invite you to come and just share your story and let us encourage you and love on you today. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.